Welcome to Wither Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Great Game by B.B. Austin. Today, we're discussing chapters one through three. Woo! So excited. Um, but first, who this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but first, previously on Wizard Team, um, if you were on our Instagram, you will have, we will have heard this already. But <laughs> because Instagram sucks, it's not recorded anywhere except on Instagram. So I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Amari Peters receives a briefcase from her missing brother, introducing her to the supernatural world. Determined to find her brother, Amari joins the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs. But when she is revealed to be an illegal magician at the opening ceremony, she realizes she'll have to prove that she's not evil like the infamous Knight Brothers who once terrorized the unknown world. While dealing with the scrutiny and prejudice of the non-magicians, Amari and her new were-dragon best friend Elsie launch their investigation into the disappearance of Vanquish with the help of Dylan Van Helsing, uh, a secret magician. While they investigate, Amari and Dylan partner up to complete their junior agent tryouts. Meanwhile, the Bureau is being attacked by hybrids under control of Knight Brother Moreau's apprentice. When Moreau escapes, um, Amari and Dylan go to find him and save their older siblings, but it turns out that Dylan was the apprentice all along. Dylan kills Moreau and asks Amari to join him, but when she refuses, he tries to take her magic. Thankfully, Amari is able to defeat him and save Vanquish. Dylan is arrested. Everyone thinks Amari is now a good magician, um, but her brother is in a magical coma, and a magician named Cosmo invites her to join the League of Magicians. I love it. It should say, like, the League of Extraordinary Magicians, just because I think that's the best. But anyway. Anyway. Um... So we open, oh, one kind of like previously, but is uh, important now is that because Amari um, is in the Bureau or goes to the camp for the Bureau, she is now at a new school, um, a new fancy school. She's got the, the oh, scholarship. Oh, yeah, because they got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like Quentin did. Um, and so she's at school with Elsie and she says <clears throat> it, it's a sprawling downtown campus um, near designer boutiques, luxury shops, and a fancy art gallery. It's called Whitman Preparatory Academy and it's an all glass exterior, uh, the line of cars circling, the large fountain out front dropping kids off. Um, and quick aside, I just... Like, it's so stupid that we fund schools by our property taxes and, I, you know, racism and whatever. But, like, you know, it's just completely different hearing her talk about Whitman Prep. And partially that is because, you know, she's going to school with her best friend and she's not feeling alone. But also, it's just, like, such a different vibe okay. from the opening of the first book in which she's, mm-hmm. like, sitting in the principal's office. Um so she right, talks this about she's late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's uh she talks about how 
She um, should be headed to school, but instead she stops in front of a rundown little shack that looks like it's been crammed between two larger, much nicer buildings with the faded sign Marco's Mini Mart out front and re-listens to the voicemail from Elsie again, come to Marco's before school emergency. Um, I also love that like Amari's like, if there's one thing about Elsie Rodriguez that she's learned is that that girl can't exaggerate. Like Amari's like, when I say there's an emergency, you best believe there is an emergency. When Elsie says there's an emergency, it, it could be, be anything. anything. It, it could literally be like the delivery guy was late. Um, but then, and I, this is like a fave, um, being best friends means showing up for each other no matter what. And I just really love that because it's like, you can have like both of those things in your head. Like, you know, this girl be exaggerating. This is probably no big deal, but also what if it is a big deal or it doesn't matter right. if it's big or not, it's Elsie. So I'm going to be there. Um, right. Or even if it's not a big deal to me, it is to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I just love, again, like, I'm just going to let y'all know that I am team Elsie and Mari as besties. I mm-hmm. I ship it, tugboat it. I love them to death. Um, I mean, how would you not be? Like, who, like, are there haters who are, like, anti-tugboat? <laughs> like, I don't know, but I mean, I'm, I don't, I just feel like it should be, it's like, you know, people talk so much about Amari and Dylan and will they, won't they, and the right. like magicianship and whatever. And I'm like, nah, man, the duo. You know, it's like, it's like yeah, no, and Amari I think it's and like people like wanted it to be like a trio because of just yeah. like that's kind of been the formula and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's not the duo. I don't care. I don't care about anyone else. Like these two together, going on adventures, mm-hmm. just being there for each other. It's the cutest freaking thing. Um. And she's like, you know, like they're best friends and Elsie doesn't want anything from her. So like even when Amari and Dylan were cool, like you can't take out the part that he was like sending her trying to, yeah, like trying to manipulate her, even though, even if at a certain point he realized he actually wanted to be her friend, like it's not as um, pure. That's yeah. That's the word I was. I was like, it's pure. The word. It's not as pure. <laughs> it's pure. No, um, because I we even talked about like even the even Dylan wanting to be her friend or realizing that he likes Samari. Like he has these expectations of her, and he doesn't take her as she is. Um, mm-hmm. like what a magician should be, what her wants and needs should be, even though they come from completely different backgrounds, and like. Yeah, it's just, I just love those two together. Um, so Amari goes into Marco's Mini Mart and she asks these, the, well, first off, this is the whimsy that I'm here for. So um, there is a large, what is he, what is, how does she explain him? A big bald bodybuilder guy in a Muscles Win Tussles t-shirt is standing behind the counter. Um and then she squints and she can see that like there's tufts of bright red fur appear on his head and neck and two curved tusks jut from his jaw. Um, but then when she blinks, he looks humid again. And that's the benefit of the more expensive glamours. Even her true sight eye drops can't hold the true form um, with these expensive glamours and says like, this one is definitely something from Vivi Boom city camouflage casual collection. The alliteration 
the name Vivi Laboom, mm-hmm. the fact that he is this large bodybuilder looking man who also has tusk. Um, the fact that I don't know what that supernatural creature is, but I want to. Maybe it's a Yeti. I don't know. I don't think so. Do Yetis have tusks? Uh, I don't believe it. reminds that. me of, yeah, I, don't um, I don't know if y'all have ever watched Chowder on Cartoon Network. I know you don't, Robin, because it's animated, but I know what it is, it, but I haven't watched but it. But there's this guy, there's like a, all of the creatures in Chowder are like animal-like, but also like walk on two legs. So like not. Um, and there's a guy who is like a vendor, works in the market, and he has these like huge tusks and is like wooly and big. And I don't know if we ever get an explanation for like what that guy is, but it, it sounds like him. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the picture so you can see what I'm talking about. It look, it sounds like him. It, I mean, just from your description, it does sound like. And they both work at a mini mart. He works like he's a. There's like a marketplace, and he's a vendor at the marketplace. Yeah sounds very similar um so this guy's name is tiny which is another like i love this mm-hmm. is the whimsy i'm here for so he's she asked if i can use the restroom she's like why should i let you um and then he's like why no hello no how's your day just give me the key and she says pretty please and then he goes fine fine anything for a fellow human and so then Amari leans in and goes, just so you know, we don't usually call each other human, um, humans. And he's like, but you're humans. Why would you not? And he's like, she's like, well, it's just kind of assumed that we're all humans. So we don't say those we don't have things. To call it out. Yeah. We don't have to, you know, mention What's it. understood doesn't need to be said. Exactly. And he's like, oh man, so many things to remember to fit into the human world. And like, it's just so sweet. Like, it reminds yeah. me of, like, when you're, like, ex- you know, like, you have, like, a first-generation, like, elder or something, and you're, like, oh, we don't, you know, you kind of correct their grammar, like, or an old person who, like, uses slang wrong, and you're, like, oh, it's not how you use that. Um, but, like, in love and to, like, help him out, even though, like, I don't know. It's just, just a very sweet, like, neighborly kind of, like, exchange. Like, she's building community, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um and so then there's a guy um, who was like hanging around the mini mart before looking at like, you know, everything on the shelves as like off brand and expired, just looking confused as to like why this place is still open. But like, you know, it makes sense. It's a tiny little convenience store, barrio, you know. And he's like, excuse me, I asked you to the bathroom a few minutes ago and you said it was out of order. And then Tiny says, out of order for you perfectly fine for her any questions mm-hmm. and um tiny says in a low voice be careful he has the look of a watcher and so watchers are people who are convinced that there is this global conspiracy to hide the existence of the supernatural and they are correct but you know the whole point of the bureau of supernatural or affairs is to like hide the existence of the supernatural so um Amari's like, yep, gotta watch out. So then Tiny creates a distraction. Um, and then Amari goes into the bathroom, which like is actually just like a doorway, kind of. Um so like, yeah, takes one glance. Um and then behind the door is a completely different kind of store. It's Marco's fine desserts. And so it looks like just like an old timey, like dessert sweet shop soda shop 
Um, and it's only open to the city's supernatural community, meaning no disguises or glamours are necessary. It's got the best magical treats in Atlanta, Midas milkshakes, star-dusted scones, and even the world's best bad coffee, which tastes so awful it shocks you into perfect wide awakeness. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> Robin's like, I don't drink coffee to be awake. <laughs> I, I mean, I do, but that's not the only reason why I drink coffee. I drink coffee yeah. for taste, damn it. Ooh, there's nothing worse than a bad cup of coffee. And to do that on purpose, the world's best bad cup. I, yeah. I, I don't love, know if y'all know also, about this, but there's like this new coffee that's like made out of like mushrooms. It's supposed to like help with like your oh, digestion I've heard of it. Your, like, heard of weight it. loss or whatever. My yeah. mom is obsessed with like Does the it fact taste that it's like because the fad. How is it coffee? It is coffee not horribly apparently. Does it not come from coffee beans? So, so how that so my um sister-in-law i guess is the right i don't know what to call her um she has some and she says like so there's like uh it's like there's a mixture so the coffee one like there's this like mushroom powder thing that people are like just drinking but then there's one that's like mixed in with the coffee and so she's like that tastes much better than just like the pure mushroom powder stuff but it, it still sounds is, to like, me like disgusting like, as like a cup of coffee sounds like a supplement more than it sounds well yeah i was gonna say it sounds like hot kombucha like i think it's supposed to do the same thing like it's, mm. a, it's like for gut either way is what i could tell which isn't to say that that's good but isn't yogurt and kefir for gut health and yeah. I, i'm not there's a, a lot of different things there's kefir a lot of fan, been, but like doing lots yogurt, of research just look up yeah. probiotics exactly yeah, probiotics. Like they, they, the whole bevy folks have yeah. made it taste yeah. good yeah. yeah, or at least yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you're gonna do it, there are better. You have to make it. You have to make ways. it taste good. Yeah, especially for yeah. There and I, I mean, mean unless, it's been done. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, People, you know, granted you know, though, I do get it. As someone who can't have caffeine right now, I do understand the like need or want to like have something that is caffeinated that keeps you awake in addition to gut health. You're looking like that, but I literally can't. <laughs> I know. So I'm just saying, I understand. I understand doing, the like, the. I'm the, doing dry January called? right now, and my friends are like, oh, we went and bought some non alcoholic beer. And I'm like, I could actually get behind that because some I just want a beer sometimes. And the like. Yeah. But with coffee, like, it's like decaf coffee. I just don't understand. That's but a me thing. But, the, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that. I could understand trying to find an alternative that's good for your digestion if mm-hmm. right now, if you're in a situation where like caffeine doesn't work for your stomach or for whatever, you know what I mean? I, mean, like, I could see I'm... trying to find an alternative. I'm not saying that's the one, especially if it doesn't but, taste yeah. good. It's like, why? You know what I mean? But I could, I understand the like. Yeah. And not necessarily, not, and, you, and, know, you know, everyone has their ads own. And, like... and like weight loss and all that kind of stuff, like whatever. But if you like, need to be awake and need it's to, for your, uh, it's your own need yeah yeah, yeah. then like sure but i would i just want to skip they, over they, continue, they go back to the lab i guess is what i'm saying i hope they go back <laughs> yeah. but they've like they were like you know what it makes you awake and the, the reason why or part of the reason why is because of how bad it tastes and like they're like that's the gimmick that's the brand ship it and people are excited for the world's best bad coffee and that just could not be me 
supernatural. I just don't want to skip over the Midas milkshakes because I think yeah. that it's very fitting that this is based in like the South Oh, in Atlanta. And they, yeah, and it basically gives you a grill if you drink it. I did it not. Stains your teeth gold. That's hilarious to me. I didn't I, even put two and two together until you were like, let's not skip over the fact. And I. <laughs> That is brilliant, actually. Midas milkshakes. No, like, I, it's yeah, yeah, I, I like that it. Too. I'm with great. it. I, I miss the idea of like, because I was just like, you know, I'm used to like kids being like, you know, they have their like treats and they stick out their tongues or their teeth are blue or purple or whatever. But I miss the like cultural significance of having gold teeth. Um, so anyway, so she squeezes between a couple of harpies. Uh, there's a tall Yeti in a chef's hat. And she waves, hi, Marco. So, you know, putting the kibosh on or maybe not maybe at the front but you we just want to bring up Portia's theory from last book about the yetis as you know organized crime mm-hmm. and this maybe this is their front to like launder the money from their empire the one of many one of many <laughs> <laughs> diversified portfolio oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so then she spots elsie and another bureau kid julia farsight which oh, I like, think she was mentioned in the last one too. Yeah, who's but she wasn't like around that much. She, yeah, she was. Yeah. She was like mentioned in the opening, like you know. But yeah, um, whose heavy eyelids always make her look sleepy. So then she slips in with them and says, "Okay, what's so important? We need to meet here before school." And Elsie frowns and says, "I don't think I use the word important." And she, and Amari's like, "You literally said it was an emergency." And then she goes, no, I said emerge and see. She grins mischievously, as in emerge and see what I've got for you. Which, like, girl. Stop playing. Girl. And then Amari's like, this is going to cost me my perfect, cost me a perfect attendance certificate. And you know how my mama cares about that stuff. The lady's already got a spot picked out on the wall. Like, I love these two. I love them. And then... Elsie's like, the anxiety was the point. <laughs> like, you could tell. She's she's just grinning. She's happy. She's mischievous. She's like, gotcha. She's like, don't worry. Bear's bringing his dad's spare transporter, and we can be at school in an instant. As long as we're on the bus when it leaves for the Georgia Aquarium, Mr. Ames will count us as present. And then um, they talk about, you know, how transporters are. Are they legal? Are they allowed? Who knows? It's a it's a gray area. And Elsie finally um, starts to tell them why they're there. So she starts tapping on her cell phone and shows Amari um, all of the results on her name that she's found on the other net. Um, and they're all nice articles. Julia says, even better gnomes and gardens wrote about you. And that she has a colony of gnomes on her property and it's a real pain to get them to talk about anything other than flowers. So that's a real accomplishment. You're a celebrity or practically a celebrity. And then she mentions that like people in the shop are even looking at her and she's like noticed that even some are taking pictures that she sure will end up on Yerg, um, the supernatural world's leading social media site. And then she... Um, Taps the first link on the other net search results and it says Amari Peters, the good magician. And Amari talks about how um, though the whole fight with her and Dylan from 
Amari and the Knight Brothers, book one was considered classified. Um, word got out and then the supernatural media started asking questions. So then the Bureau releases the footage of their fight and the world got to see a magician choose not to become a villain. And I love the like um, Amari's emphasis on choosing, um, right? Because like, you're not like the way that she was introduced into the supernatural world was like magicians are inherently villainous. Um, magicians are bad. They're illegal. And so she spent the whole of book one, just trying to prove that she wasn't evil. She wasn't bad. Um, and that she had a right to exist. And so then, and, and also that like Dylan chose his path in the same way that Amari chooses hers. I just like, I like that we are never, at least in, through Amari's perspective, we're never being forced to like assume um, good or evil because of what someone is. Um, and so then, wait, I just wanted to note that for me personally, one of the things that stuck out was the sub headline of like the controversial teenager returns to the bureau this summer, and a girl just hit thirteen. So I know, <laughs> like, I just remember how hyphy you were to be acknowledged as a teenager, and they are officially recognizing her as a teenager. And I'm like, I know she was hype, like a little <laughs> bit inside, like yes. But like it also her, reminds me of like now. of like when um they always like age up black children. Mm-hmm. You know, because like teenager, you don't think of a 13 year old. You, you don't usually think of like a 16, 17 year old, right? So, like, mm-hmm. um, it's both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I also was thinking about how I called Aminata tween, and she was like, How dare. And I said, You are. That's how you talk about a, a 10 and, or an 11 year old, excuse you. And that's like, You tween my nerves right now. <laughs> I can't, I can't her in this phone and this, this texting. Anyway, so then um, she, they, they, you know, keep talking about Amari's celebrity. She has 1.73 million followers on Yerg. And then Bear shows up finally. And he says the band All Magicians page has twice that many followers. And Bear is a hater. He's a hater. Like, because why? And comes in on some hater energy like right away right right away like just just so in case you're confused um because you might think the bear is like teddy bear no 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 i'm a hater bear and i appreciate that she explains immediately after that like why he's here yeah because mm-hmm. it's just well, like also, why would you be hanging out, hanging out with somebody who is <laughs> like this? but also before they're like he's he's his dad has the gadgets so that's yeah. also right <laughs> That, that too. If, I'm, if I'm gonna get my perfect attendance score, bear, right? right. right. We gotta we'll bear dude. with we'll bear with bear. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get this. <laughs> this is gadget. Also, like um, his hateration reminds me of how much like the watchers that we just got introduced to are also like they're hating from outside the club, and he's a hater from inside the inside club. Inside the club, just haters everywhere, yeah. everywhere she turns. So Julia wags a finger and is like, "Bear, be nice." Um. He got his nickname because he's the tallest student at our middle school and an even bigger bully. So he's just like, he's a he's a all purpose hater, but like has a little special. Amari has a special place in his hater heart. Um, he's the fourth member and only eighth grader in the school soup club, short for supernatural club, for the bureau kids who know about the world. Um, and lucky for them, non bureau kids have zero interest in giving up their free period for a club named after soup. 
um, where you don't actually eat any. You know, right. Just talking like about that, would be, that would be a fun club if you're like, yeah. oh, we're going to hang out and, like, and break, soup? bring different soup, soup recipes and like yeah. like winter, world winter uh, enrollment would be going up, but yeah, exactly. And they're like, no, 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 we don't actually eat any soup. We just talk about the history of soup and we, um, you know, assign each person to give a presentation on a cultural soup at the end of the club. <laughs> like, I'll pass. I'll, I'll right. go do something. That's else. good. Uh, so Bear um, sits down and says, we're all here. What's this stupid meeting even about? Like, how you know it's stupid? You don't know what it's about. Shut up, also, Bear. Do, ha- do they have to be in these clubs? Like, I know that it says that, like, there are different soup clubs, like, across the you know, different schools that kids are going to, but like, is it a requirement? It that sounds you be in this like club? he is, he's also a hater from outside the club in that like, he can't also actually be a bureau kid because he has no magic. Like he knows no, about I think the he... bureau world. No, he he's a magic. He goes to the, it's for bureau kids who know about the supernatural world. No, but he's in the bureau. Like he, yeah. um, he gets like the alerts and everything later oh. on in the chapter and stuff. It's interesting. I was, I don't know why I'm, I was reading it. Like he, his, like he's around bureau people, but he is oh. not in the bureau, and that was kind of part of his ire. But it's even worse that he's like he's part of the magical world. Then like, then bro, if you don't play socializing with other freaking bureau kids, then why are you socializing like, with the bureau? Kids? I think it's yeah. one of those things where it's like they're the only ones in a school, and he's the only eighth grader. So he's like, "Ugh, I'm just so like you're I'm lucky so I gain to hang <laughs> out with you." It right. doesn't sound like his eye from his attitude. I thing. can't see him. I'm just he's here so I don't get fined. Right, energy. He doesn't like. Is he's not leading the club? He's not like no. you know like trying. He's like, "Oh, this is what we did last year. Let me tell you." It doesn't yeah. sound like that's his energy. Mm-mm. But I think he's one of those people that like thrives off of being negative, right? Which is disgusting. Yeah, he a hater. Like they yeah. like through and through. Um. So Elsie says, "Well, I wanted to say that I really enjoyed being president of Whitman's Soup Club, and I thought I'd gather the four of us together one last time before we're off to camp, and I got you each a gift." And like Elsie is like, "You suck, Bear, but I got you a gift too, right?" <laughs> Like, as president, thank you. Um, Amari recognizes the look of, like, her excitement, and she's like, what did you do? So she got them each fortune cookies that actually reveal their fortune. And um, Amari gapes and goes, but these things don't just reveal your fortune. They cost a fortune. It's just a subtle reminder that Elsie (laughs) is one of them. Right. She's adopted, but she's adopted into, like, a prominent, she got a driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, she not she not worried about things. So. I but I also love that it's like a double entendre. Like when you talk about fortune cookies, mm-hmm. no, it costs to be able to get a permission like this. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. not your one of the mill pick up pick it up from the Chinese store. It'll give it to you for free kind of fortune cookie. Right. It's a real like when I say fortune, people yeah. have lost their whole savings behind this. Exactly, right. and and that's what Elsie Elsa says. She drained. Her science fair winnings, but I happen to think you guys are worth it. And like Julia smiles, Amari's feeling all warm, and Bear's just hating. Hating. Um, <laughs> he perks up, but he did perk up. He, he did, did perk, perk up, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a good gift, right? Mm-hmm. So then um, Julia cracks hers open, pulls out the tiny slip of paper, 
it's blank. And then she closed her eyes, whispering to herself before placing a piece of the cookie into her mouth. And then suddenly red letters appear on the paper. Um, what does it say? Julia says, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And so she explains that she asked if she should stay in the Department of the Dead. Um, and she goes, I guess being a medium does make me a good fit, which like, duh. It's yeah. Like, where else are you going to go? You're a medium and you're in the best <laughs> department. Where are you going to go? Like, I'm team Department of the Dead. Maybe she would go to the un- unknown. What is that one called? Unexplained. Yeah, um, Maybe unexplained. unexplained. I could see unexplained. Yeah. But that's um, the only other one I could really. I mean, what's yeah. the other one? The one that's the like. Fortunes and uh, Bad Omens, maybe? Oh, maybe. Yeah. And then the guy who has his head off. That's the like experiment. He's unexplained, like the... I think. He's unexplained. Oh, yeah, unexplained. That dude. I hope he got his shit together. <laughs> Keep your head on your body. The head of the department. Um, and so then um, Amari remembers Julia going on stage at the welcome ceremony and gaining the ability to talk to ghosts seemed like the last thing she expected. But you never know which talent of yours will be upgraded to a supernatural ability. And then she talks about her um, being, her magician ability being upgraded or her having magic. Um, so then Bear tries his cookie next and he frowns when his fortune comes back as sometimes the real enemy is in the mirror which Ooh. he's Agreed. like he crosses his arm and turns away from us no chance he's going to tell us what he asked and I'm pretty sure he asked something salty about Amari if, if Amari was like really a villain right and then the I mean, said, I, well, you, can't, you can't ask about well we'll see but you can't ask about other people so I'm sure or like do I got maybe he do I need to worry about Amari thinks that he has enemies yeah. he's you like know? oh like how long I, long love how gonna, it, how, I told him to take a look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The man Start in the with the mirror. man in the mirror. Make a change. <laughs> no message could have been any clearer, Bear. You know, if you want to make you want to make the world a better, world a better place. place. Every day you wake up and you look in, you walk into the bathroom, you look up. That's your biggest awesome oh, enemy. That's your biggest enemy. That's your eye. Like that's it. so funny. As soon as you look in that mirror, guess who? Who guess who your problem is? That person is staring right back at you. <laughs> Said, you're the one bringing the hateration into this dancery bear. And I, um, I will say too, though, I do like the like because he's very, he's a, he's a new character, but he's still like a. I wouldn't even say he's a secondary character, really, from what I can remember. Tertiary. From he's tertiary, right? But it's still like I, I remember when I tells, learned that. Was, that was so it, yeah, <laughs> it still says a lot about him as a character, and like tells us a lot that we need to know about him. Even yeah. though we, you know what I mean? Like, we've only seen him for, like, three pages. And all he's done is hate. But yeah. even that and I think it also you, like, like, okay, there he got some internal stuff. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it also with- reinforces that, like, Amari is having a moment. And, like, she's, like, got some celebrity and she's the good magician. But, like, it doesn't, you can't undo, like, all of this, like, prejudice and, like, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, all of this, like learning or whatever in like one summer with one viral video right so Mm -hmm. like it also goes to show that like i mean bear in particular does not seem like a the kind of dude that you want to hang out with or be friends with or whatever but like also that his um animosity towards amari is kind of what she dealt with on a larger scale last year but it, it hasn't gone away completely because she had this one moment. Right. So then Elsie, if who, if we remember, is a were dragon, 
Um, Amari's like, I already know her question. The only, um, you know, she she wants to be able to shift, right? So like, she takes hers, um, and her fortune says, your hard work will pay off. And Amari says, that girl hollers so loud, the whole place jumps. <laughs> and I just love that, like, her and Amari are, like, equally excited. And so she's like, I think so. I might actually be able to shift it to a full dragon this summer. Finally. Of course, the cookies are only right about 70% of the time, but I feel so much better. That's well, amazing. I'm really happy for you. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast. So. She does! <laughs> it's so and good. Do. It's such and a great, it's such a good moment. Do. I can't wait to read it. And does mm-hmm. and I, I still love that she like they're such close friends. Um, this is it's like a there's a double thing here. I love that they're so close friends that Amari doesn't have to like wonder what um Elsie asks. She knows. Yeah, right. She's just like she doesn't even like say like oh what did you she's like oh does that mean she's already on the answer. Yeah, she's, she's, not, yeah. on the, she's not asking anything. But also, um, it's double for us as readers because we have seen from Amari's perspective. Um, at least for one full book by this point so that like we also know that that's probably what Elsie asked or whatever and like he gives context clues here about like um, she's been wanting to shift into a drag and all that whatever but we all like we also because we kind of get the side benefit of also being part of Elsie and Amari's friendship because we're mm-hmm. also like clued in on what is it likely that Elsie desires yeah. and what does she probably ask for in her fortune so I love the double yeah. like and love I- there and I love, too, that, like, they mention it again, but it's something that, like, kept coming up in the last book about the first time a were-dragon shifts requires a great act of courage. So it's also kind of, like, foreshadowing that, like, I mean, I think, I feel like we talked about it in the last book, Elsie kind of gets put in the background, and it's, like, real at a certain point, it really becomes, like, Elsie's, like, the woman in the chair, and it's her and Dylan going out and doing, like, mm-hmm. the investigatory mm-hmm. pieces and stuff. Um, and so you don't really see until, like, the end of moment for Elsie to show, like, great courage, and, like, I think at that point, she does, like, breathe fire, but it's not, mm-hmm. like, the Full. moment. Yeah. So, like, there's a little bit of foreshadowing that, like, not only is she going to, like, shift, but she's going to do something worthy of shifting. And so we are going to get to see what that is. So it's mm-hmm. all just very exciting. Um, And so then it's Amari's turn. She breaks her cookie and there's only one answer she's looking for. And so she goes, will my brother ever wake up? And Elsie grabs her wrist and is like, so sorry, two things. One, you can't ask your question out loud. And it has to be about yourself for it to work. So that question of will Quentin wake up while very important to Amari um, would not work. And I also love how quick Elsie is to like stop her from wasting her fortune cookie, which cost her right. a fortune. Like, girl. <laughs> Let's try again. No, no, no. You only get one shot. Yes. Yeah. It's your chance to yeah, <laughs> the opportunity I, comes. This cost me a bag. We're going to get a fortune. So then she deflated, um, thinks about what she'll ask. And I kind of love this question or this um, question that she asked because it's it's definitely like she was already like, as soon as she saw the fortune cookie, Quentin's top of mind, all of last book, Quentin was like her goal. She was focused on her brother. And so she's like, I don't know if I can't ask that. I don't know. So she asked, is there anything important I should know? Which is like, (laughs) so open-ended so, it's so open-ended, like but it's also like my go-to question when i'm like in interviews or something like right. when i'm like i don't really yeah i don't know 
I'm not excited about this. Nothing but, you know. specific comes to mind. Yeah. The specific that you said to me has sparkled any interest. In Nothing brain. sparked. Right. So yeah. um, anything you'd like to tell me. Um, and so then it says, beware of unseen dangers. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. But again, but, because she yeah. asked a vague ass question, she got a vague, she got a vague answer. <laughs> so you're just and I like, feel like, well, she gets like kind of shaken up by that. But I feel like beware of unseen dangers is applicable if you're in the supernatural world or not. Right. I'm like, right. COVID? Air? Right. right. <laughs> what can <Right>. we do? <laughs> yeah. Pop quizzes, you know? Yeah. A Van Helsing being your partner. Oh, that's a... Uh, yeah. Is there going to be a ghost that's just like haunting her? She doesn't know about right, the unseen? Exactly. Like, what are we doing? Exactly. What is the unseen part? What is What are we doing? Um, I have a slightly philosophical question for y'all and possibly also um, our question to the audience. Um, which department do we think is responsible for the fortune cookie? Because it says that you have to infuse the dough with used tea leaves from a successful prediction. So that's a lot. You have to be able to like gather successful predictions. Um, a magic eight ball has to be present in the room and the stars have to be in a proper alignment. Also, the fire pit that you bake it in has to have yielded at least three visions in the past year. Wow. I would I say good assume, omens, but yeah, it, it could also good just be like an independent... Good fortunes and bad omens? Bad omens, yeah. yeah. But I would even also if they think, don't, like, maybe they I just buy them. If they don't, yeah, even if they don't make them, they probably just regulate it versus, like, yeah, producing them themselves. Maybe But they might be like, the supplier, and also, like, I'm thinking, like, about, like, um... Elsie's department is like research. What is it? The I don't department know, like, of magical inventions? No, research. No, magical science. It's basically their R and D department. She's a she's a genius inventor, but like yeah, it's basically R and D. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking maybe they are because like how do they actually get to the components of breaking that down of like you know like like they might be able to use like resources from the, the fortunes, good omens and fortunes or whatever to like use it so they mm-hmm. might they might be the makers while they just like source the materials from the other department so that's where i was like where does this sit and is it like is it like a private industry kind of thing or like a bureau created kind of thing yeah i kind of thought of it as like a private industry thing um and that like someone who didn't want to be or like a fortune teller or something might kind of set up shop but they would probably source some of the stuff from the bureau. But I feel like you'd have to be really like very like in t- like inner liaised with the um, yeah department of what good omens because it just requires such specific items. Yeah, you also probably... you have to have like what like predictions. So it's like I don't know like our fortune teller. What are they called? I don't know what they're called in this world, but are they like constantly having predictions? It seems like something that doesn't happen. Yeah, super often. Right. Right premonitions i don't know but i kind of love the like for-profit nature of the bureau in this line of questioning <laughs> right um because you know they do mm-hmm. yeah or even if it's not like yeah somehow even if they're just like taxing it like i could totally see them being like okay yeah you have this many fortunes or whatever you have to i don't know Register yourself and also pay taxes. But they could also have programs or whatever, you know, like be giving out grants but, to fortune cookie makers and you know what I mean? Like somehow I don't know. 
they could definitely be involved in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I'm not, I'm somehow just not believing that they would be as giving. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's it maybe more bureau than it would be private, just because I don't know that they would be like that good at working with someone from outside of the bureau. I also feel like that's probably why they're so expensive. Like it's a way to regulate. Yeah. Those are the, the ingredients themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, True. just make them. Like, I wonder if you actually have to make fortune cookies that way or if it's just, like, the rules, you know? I'm just wondering if it's, well, like... Well, like, if they're knockoffs or not for them, Yeah, for them to be the bonafide right. ones. And I wonder if what the, like, um the bad the bad batches have been like and, like, how, like, have there's been, like, incidences that, like, have, like, made them, like, put, like, level restrictions on stuff. Just right, or even, just... like, you know, like, with magicians and, like, humans, like, they don't allow, like, humans to have more than what is it like 10 percent magic 10%. or something like that mm-hmm. so like it's uh elsie says that it's like 70 percent um accuracy so like maybe you do something else and you get 100 percent accuracy but they're like whoa 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 that's too much power that's highly, yeah that's like yeah. A, that's only for people who have like thousands of dollars and are like prime ministers of magic mm-hmm. or something but i feel like so like there's a book i just read not too uh far too long ago called shubalik Lubik, and it's basically like your witch is my command in arabic um and it's like a graphic novel and it's like there's wishes and they have different levels of manufacturing for the wishes and like a class one wish is like way more potent than a class three wish and they started to like banning class three wishes because they kept backfiring so bad they would be like the level of wish that most people could get their hands on and they would come like in aluminum cans where you could just drink it from like a regular like with a soda but like um there's this one guy who kept wishing for a car and he would get like a tiny miniature hot wheels car or a a large car would fall onto the lamppost like you had to be very specific about like your wish and it just kept uh going bad on him because the class three wish could not uh make that actual return happen for him because of how big of his wish was for that level of class of wish so it's like Mm. interesting how that all comes together yeah i was thinking more about like self-fulfilling prophecies and like if if they are i mean i would think like they're 70 percent because once you know your fortune you might start doing things that you think are going to like like with elsie like your ability like yeah yeah, she start just being completely reckless thinking that that's going to be her you know, moment of yeah. courage so that her shifts will come. Um and then does something that just like ruins it so that right. it doesn't come true like because the, she's chasing after it. Right. And like the, the again, like the the fortunes aren't like even the other ones aren't specific. Like you can kind of glean what it's saying, mm-hmm. but it's not like straight up, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna turn into a dragon at the end of the summer. It's just mm-hmm. like keep doing what you're doing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like everything you're doing is gonna work, so just keep doing that instead of like, oh, you know, it's not like a a, that's up. a Raven vision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would, you could argue that even that's all Raven visions. The visions themselves are not the problem. It's Raven being like, oh crap, like I got to try to make mitigate that or make yeah, it happen either make it happen or, or make it not happen. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. it does it in yeah. a way that like there's really nothing you can do. Or even like with uh, Julia's, it's like grass is always greener it's not telling her not to do it but it's strongly suggesting for her to stay right but it's like it's kind of giving direction without flat out just like telling her what yeah what to do or yeah yeah. interesting chapter two 
Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Okay, <clears throat> so chapter two. Um, first of all, oh, I wanted to mention, like, so the art is is arting, arting. on these chapters. It's so cute. First <laughs> off, I like. I was like, did did they get a did Elsie get a growth spurt? Why are they? But then I guess maybe because I just spent time with Ami, like that tall, lanky nonsense, like both of them, legs for yeah. days. As if you didn't go through similar changes as Literally. a child. Girl, that was like in 1802. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> Who remembers that? that? 1802. I can't. But yeah, it's no. It's like, if, I'll post it on Instagram probably, but like this one of like Amari trying to, I mean, you know, we're going to read the chapter, but mm-hmm. Elsie's frozen and Amari's trying to like see if she's good but it's just so cute it's so cute i love it it does motion really well i love i love illustration mm-hmm. that does motion really well even if it's like it's all one-dimensional but it just does right. it so well you can totally like get you it. can tell that like yeah yeah it's really great um okay but in the actual chapter um they're on their way to the georgia aquarium as a like last day of school field trip it says that it was either do this or watch their teacher do uh shakespeare for the fifth day in a row in the auditorium which apparently is like actually a hard choice because she gets really into it and so i guess it's entertaining which good you know good for her that's Um, that's nice i love that they make it like they make a point to be like, oh, it's not as boring as it sounds. Like, right. it actually was a choice because, like, you read when you first read it, you're like, okay. Everyone's going on to this auditorium. Yeah. Um, to this aquarium. And then you're like, oh, no, I guess not. You <laughs> just know that, that teacher is like, that is her thing. Like, they're like, you know, oh. who, like, you don't, don't even worry about it. Homegirl got it. End of the year. Said, last week of school. Piece. I'm in yep, here. She got it. She got it. <laughs> <laughs> Will her voice speak? Okay. Don't even worry about it. Don't She's on worry top about of it. it. She got the full Don't week on lock. She's like, I'm doing King Lear on day one. I'm doing <laughs> Romeo and Juliet on day two. Like, not playing around. Um, but I could also, like, see, okay, after watching four days of Shakespeare, like, yeah. Let right. Yeah, let's see something like, different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also, I do, I will say, too, like, obviously this is the non-magical world or, like, un- or the known world. And it's still kind of, like, silly, and I like that for like as a middle grade, you know what I mean? Like, even though we're not, that's not, we're not yeah. in the magical space where all the, you know, tiny isn't here trying to pretend to be human, but that's a very silly thing that I definitely remember middle school teachers would be doing random stuff and you're just like, yeah, okay. It's very last day of school vibes too. Yeah. So we're really just like, like who knows what's happening. And I feel like last day of school vibes is that like, it feels like an in-between space in the same way of just yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. not quite yeah. summer, but it's not really school time anymore. So we're doing like fun things and slightly weird things, a little chaotic and like, yeah, just different energy. Like grades for what? Like you don't grade me on chilling and having fun and watching exactly. this movie? Because we're not, we won't sit here and watch this movie. Right. Um. So they're getting on the bus, but Amari... It has isn't able to, you know, get into the excitement, into the field trip spirit, because she's still worried about that vague fortune, um, particularly the unseen part of the dangers, which like, yeah, of course, like, 
beware of any danger, but if you can't see it, sure. How about how are you supposed to stay ready if you don't how, know how to get ready? Like, what are you supposed True. to get ready for? Right. But I also, I, I feel like, aren't most dangers unseen? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what does kind that of how, unseen mean? Kind of how is it an airborne mean. issue? Like, what right. is. Or are they, I mean, you know, we're in a magical world. Is it like an invisible danger? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like most of the time yeah. you don't see the danger coming. That's not always the case, but like in this case, like it's not like Amari has somebody that she's like, oh, this person. Like the Night Brothers are gone. Dylan's in prison, right. so it's not. You know what I mean? So like, I get, like, but I do, I do get being like nervous about it and afraid because if you somebody just yeah. told you, it's like somebody telling you like, oh, I gotta tell you something. Yeah, you'd be like, and then you're like, you can't just tell me right now. <laughs> you can't tell like it's you told me that I gotta talk to you in eight hours. That right. Make, <laughs> that is like, not why can't we just do it my, now? My stress and my anxiety. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. No. So I, but, yeah, like, oh, we need to talk. Also, and you're like, about what? <laughs> exactly. And then, and then it's like, a, it's like an Elsie thing, or emergency. And then you get there, you talk to them, you're like, and they're like, oh, I just meant that, like, um, I'm going on a trip and I wanted to see if you wanted to go too. Excuse me? Right. So, like, we're like, oh, really, you were this... with somebody. I couldn't tell them in the moment, but right. now we're alone. We could have this conversation. Like, and it's no. not even, and the worst part is if they, if it's that, and it wasn't even that big. Like, right. oh, it was like something that like it's like an insider thing, but it's like not that big of an update. It's just mm-hmm. like a tight. You're like, excuse me, right? So this unseen danger text? could be like you know, your mom is about to come around the corner and take you home because you were late to school. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean. Like it could be something like <laughs> it could be anything. Um, so That's I get like in the like scene of the magic thing. Is it like if it's unseeable? Is it like you can't? It's like it's looming on the landscape. You can't predict it. It's like unfeel. Like, is it that kind of unseeable? But then if that's the case, then how can the fortune tell that it's coming? And it's dangers plural. There's just a lot of right. ways and reasons to be anxious. I get it. I do understand. Um, Elsie's trying to like comfort her, and it's kind of saying a lot of what we're saying. It's like it could be anything. You know, it can be danger at the bureau. There's always, where you know, camp is always dangerous. <laughs> so, and that's what makes it worse too, is because it's like it's like you're yeah, a junior agent. You're gonna be, you know, <laughs> anything you do could be dangerous. Like, yeah. thanks, wow, gee, gosh, that makes my anxiety feel way less to know that anything course, I do could be catastrophe. Thanks, right? And then of course it starts to like thunder, um, ominous. So while she's feeling <laughs> very like nervous, now there's like. An, <laughs> you know, physical representation of her uh, anxiety and just- I like, also love though, that we talk, she talks or she mentions um, the lightning from the first book because like, mm-hmm. it's just like, ooh, we're learning more about like what she can do and oh, right. spoiler heavy. So like, she can also like manipulate weather. Oh, I forgot that. She storm up in yeah. here. Shout out to all of those three. Like, like, three. Aurora Monroe? We, yes. We, we Aurora Monroe. <laughs> yes. I'm Shout out to all of us like... having read this book because something, somebody, some people are going to be, I was really like, I don't remember what that lightning was. I, was, I, was, I, I, I was, forgot it until I was like rereading and I was like, oh yeah, she can manipulate the weather. Yeah. But I, I also read like, this book like, like I think more recently than you guys Yeah, probably. Because it took me a long time to get to the second book. Yeah. I am. I also like I was I did take a note of that of like the first and second chapter because I this is something that I miss from being twelve and reading like series books 
um, in the nineties, they were always now. Sometimes it would really be annoying. They would have like a like early like first chapter kind of like summary of like what has happened so far in the series mm-hmm. or whatever, so that you kind of like get back up into pace because it's been it's taken a while to get published or whatever. And I feel like um, chapters and this is like this lightning thing is like the end of like the summary period basically. Mm-hmm. So you just up to date with like how Amari got here. Um, and I think that it did like this way of doing it is like a step above what we used to get like in the like late 90s yeah. early 00s for reviews because they used to be so just so info dumpies. Yeah. Especially if you're yeah. reading it like back to back and you actually didn't wait yeah. years to like, grow. I yeah. know. Like, bro, can we? How far <laughs> I was already here. Turning these pages until we get to the actual action. Literally. I can't. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so they're on the bus um, and, you know, just doing best friend things with Elsie, <laughs> which in this case, they're trying to catch each other slipping, which is hilarious because I do this with my siblings all the time. They fall asleep in the car. I'm going to take a picture. Um, so that's basically what she's trying to do. Elsie yawns until Amari's like, okay, I'm getting ready. I'm not going to alert her to the fact that I'm like pulling out my phone and all this stuff. But you know, when she falls asleep, I'm about to get her. I'm going to be here. And I like how like the tension kind of builds in that moment. (laughs) It's kind of great. Cause I really feel like reading it. I'm like a little bit on bated breath. I'm like, she going to do it. She going to get it. Right. You're like, I'm like, I'm like, oh crap, she's gonna is she gonna like jolt herself awake? Like she looks like she's gonna fall asleep, but nah, she's good. Right. She's gonna exactly. Like and you're just like, come on, Amari, you got this. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do um, it. But move faster. Mm-hmm. Right. That too. Because mm-hmm. it really doesn't take that much. Like it really it's taking the phone out, but once you got it, just once you got the once you got the camera, camera get on, your get your little you deuces up, stick your tongue yeah. out, and just mm-hmm. click the thing. <laughs> as long as you get the camera on, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, unfortunately, she's not quick enough because Mr. Ames has a, does this great cheer in the front of the bus and it jolts Elsie awake. And I'm also just like, okay, sir, you're an adult. Have some chill. It's cute. It's like, <laughs> when you figure out what about? it is, it's totally No, cool. it's actually cool. I just am upset for Amari that yeah. she didn't get to get to But also, I, I feel more annoyed at Amari slightly because I'm like, girl. It didn't need to take you, that long. Like waiting for the perfect moment is going to always be the downfall. Because if you keep waiting for the perfect moment, it's going to evade you. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. No. You just got to, she got to be quicker on the draw. But I just felt like, of course, now Amari's never going to get that picture. <laughs> <laughs> You're her best shot right there. Because it really, it's just like, Elsie was like in the middle of like a snore. I was like, that's a perfect shot. Because yeah. like, you know that meant her mouth was open and her yeah. chin was back. <laughs> she, she just needed to be. She needed to be so much faster, but it's yeah. all right. It's all right. Yeah, but it's fine. Miss, even if Mister Ames hadn't have uh, shouted in the front, Elsie was going to get woken up anyway. But Amari would have had a little more time that it took for him to she get. She only needed to, to just go on and hit the button. She, she needed, just needed. She just, a, it could have been blurry, to... even. You know, you could yeah. get. You could. But anyway, um. <laughs> So we find out that Elsie got into Oxford University, which is wild for a 13-year-old. Um, it's wild also, anyway. But also really dope. Yeah. And, you know, she her, she has a, her magical ability is, a, is being a master inventor. So, like. Genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was a genius before that. So now it's like, yeah, of course. Um, and so Amari is kind of like struggling a little bit she's ha- she's happy for her like i think she's like objectively happy for her 
and is trying to hold on to that feeling, but she's also now like worried because Oxford is obviously in the UK. And so <laughs> that's like across the ocean and Elsie is her first like best friend really and she is has had a lot of fun being at Whitman um with Elsie. This was like their first year of school like together. Um, the so now only she's really one so far, the only mm-hmm. one she's ever had with Elsie before, mm-hmm. right? And and also, I think the only I mean, we don't know obviously before like the series started, but from what it can seems like, like she being in these you know, she's been in these like private schools and other schools, so she's not like going to school with her neighborhood kids and stuff, and so she's like really one of her first friends that she's had in this kind of school. A lot of times she's really isolated and like mm-hmm. alone and, you know, made to feel like she doesn't belong. And so this is like a one year where she had a great time because she had a best friend there. And now her best friend might be moving to London. Um, and you have to remember too, that like she's at a new school where no one's talking about her brother and she knows where her brother is and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's like, that is very realistic, but I also think it's one of those things like I, I hate about human nature, but it's also like just very yeah. human where yeah. you, we are all self-centered to an extent of like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. And you could tell, you could see her kind of warring with like that being the first thing that comes in her brain, but also not trying to check herself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. It just, and, and it's harder when you're 13, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for sure. But like, she is, um, you can see when she, like, talks to Elsie, like, she is not surprised, but she did not know that Elsie applied. So, like, right. she's learning all of this at one time. And I'm sure it would have given her time to, like, process if she knew that Elsie yeah. was doing this. Outside and even give her time face. to, like, root for yeah. her, right? Like, you're just like, okay, I'm yeah. rooting for you, I'm hoping, and then you're back of your head, you're like, okay, I don't know what that's gonna mean for me. But... I can root for you to do this is something you really want to do. I, as we, you know, we can discuss what does this mean? If I get in, then like, you know, we'll be pen pals or we'll do X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? But for it to all kind of just be, Hey, guess what? In two months, your best friend's moving to London is a lot to take in at <laughs> like at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's a, it's a valid uh, response Emotions. to like thought process and emotion, but like, also, you know, you got to support your friends. So it's just like, a, I, you, like, like Robin said, like seeing her struggle with it and trying to figure out like, okay, I don't want to be a hater. <laughs> I don't know how to be bear number two. Right. Like they were not trying to do that. Um, and then, but then of course, because Elsie is, uh, she can read auras. It's not like Amari can like get herself right before bringing up that, like, Elsie literally immediately is like, okay, what you're saying is not how you're feeling. Um, oh, like, I need just... to ignore my feelings. Ignore my listen aura. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't listen to what at... I want for you, right? Like, yeah. listen to what I want to feel. Look not at my how lips. actually feeling. Not at this. Not like, at let me aura. process, please. <laughs> the aura will change color in a minute. Just like, let me get it just together. Give me a second. <laughs> um. So yeah, so they're just kind of talking about it. Amari does kind of express that, um, you know, one, she didn't even know that there that Elsie was applying. Um, and then she asks, like, does that mean that 
for that next year if she, that she'll go to the London Bureau for camp. Um, and Elsie at that point is kind of like surprised because she didn't really think that far in advance. She kind of applied just kind of on the off chance, which is also why she didn't tell Amari because she just wasn't really thinking it was going to happen, which is crazy. Like imagine having imposter syndrome and you're have a your genius. literal magic magical ability is to be a genius. Like right. we all need to do better. But I mean, you know, it's an institution and No, I know, that's what know. I'm saying. Yeah. You never know. People be salty for no reason. We li- we live in a society. They could deny her this little <laughs> this little adopted Latino kid mm-hmm. from the US joining Oxford, the prestigious right. university. Right. Absolutely. So trash um but anyway so they're they're having that conversation they're talking about it and probably trying to figure out you know again process how she feels and then suddenly everything like well first it's like i think it's like the bus starts to fog up and so then you can't like see anything amari's kind of looking out the window like this is very strange and then she turns to elsie and elsie's frozen and then like so is everything else and you know, this is my jam. I love that. I love that we get like whimsy, whimsy, whimsy. And then this is also like, is it whimsy? Is it dark? Right. This is like is ooh, unseen magic or unseen, unseen danger. danger <laughs> you know? Um and like right and I it's the it's the second chapter. Like I just mm-hmm. like he didn't the pacing in this book. The pace yes, in the yeah. series is so like yes. it just keeps going. Yeah, it is. It is so funny reading it as a podcast and not reading it just like for funsies, like um because that I like that we it does make us have to like actually like slow down and like like take things apart. But like when you're reading it, you're just like, oh no, oh no, keep let's going, just keep going. What's let's gonna just, happen? Let's just let's find out what's happening. Hmm. Um, and on that note, um, in chapter three, uh, Amari is highly unnerved by the fact that not only is Elsie, like, stuck in position, but as she looks around, everyone is. And she passes, uh, she gets up, um, and she notices that each row of seats that she passes has frozen kids. So by the time she finally gets to where the teacher is, Mr. Ames, um, She's just like highly unnerved, and I also think it's funny, like as a character um, trait to note about Amari is that like when she's unnerved by this like this magical anomaly, her first answer is like let's seek authority. Like I need to go talk to an authority figure in this moment. I need to figure out what's going on. Um, they are the person that can help me right now, and so she goes for Mr. Ames. I love that too because like Mr. Ames is not magical. No. And she's still like, nah, gotta gotta ask an adult. Right. Like, you know, I don't know. And it's like, oh, did Magnus really <laughs> like like get that message set in stone? Um but uh I I do think that it's interesting that like she's not thinking like am I doing this? You know what I mean? Or right. Who's doing this? Or, you know, like, whatever. She, She's like, I want an answer, but the answer is not for her right now. Her brain isn't like, who? It's like, what is yeah. happening? Like, yeah. who, who, what is 
what in the world is this? <laughs> um, and she notices that the both uh, the driver and Mr. Ames are frozen, but then suddenly there's sound and movement and everything goes back to normal. So and it goes back to normal so fast that she jumps. Um, and so does Mr. Ames, because he startles whenever he finds her directly behind him and asks her if she needs anything. Um, and she's trying to test out, like, if she's the only person who noticed anything. So she's like, uh, do you remember what happened just now? And he's confused and he's like, I don't know what you mean. Um, she and so better she's... With, uh, <laughs> delivery yeah she's not she's not she's on her vague era right now she's not on actual <laughs> police like straight like straight up like um definite definitive answer questions right now mm-hmm. um he is confused and he says i don't know what you mean um and then she's like i don't know what he means like she's now she's stuck like she's like what <laughs> and uh he raises an eyebrow and says is everything okay do you want to talk about something? And then suddenly he like understanding goes, he has an understanding face and he says, perhaps you're concerned with Mrs. Rodriguez leaving. And I just think that's so nice. I just think he's, I really appreciate him as a teacher one for um, seeing the like impact that Elsie has and putting her forward as like as someone who should be applying to Oxford University and like mm-hmm. actually pulling it together for her. I just think that's so like not a lot of teachers actually go that extra mile to like put like a student in like the this like different path um actually make it happen for them. And I remember I had a like my um AP US history teacher um he noticed that I was like not getting like other academic awards and he was like that's sus like you really should be getting other academic awards he's like I don't care about anyone else I'm gonna make sure you get a history award and he like I didn't know he had applied me for that but then I ended up getting it and I'm like that doesn't I had nothing to do with the process I just like you know was just found out and he was like okay you're gonna at the academic like end of the year stuff um presentation or whatever you get you go up because you have an award that you won and I was like oh crap um and that was all on the merit of like he was like you really like you did that you did all the work you got a five uh, whatever on your AP exam you should be acknowledged for all your academic strengths that you've made Mm -hmm. and I love that Mr. Ames did that for Elsie and um then he's not only just stuck on Elsie he's also like looking at Amari who he's like he doesn't have that like as quick as a banter with, right? Because she Mari was mentioning how Mr. Ames is um Elsie's favorite teacher, but we don't see like uh, Mari talk about how she's like how she's good with him or whatever. And he's even concerned about her and asking her, like, uh, do you want to talk about, you know, your friend leaving? Like, are you is this something that we need to, you know, get taught have a moment about? And I love that. Like you don't he didn't have to be that considerate, but he is. And I enjoy that that's a an adult who is aware of the situation is actually getting kind of plugged into not only like the impact you can have academically, but also personally for Elsie and Amari as they go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so she shakes her head and says, it's nothing, sorry. Then turns her head back and heads back to her seat. And she notices that all the other kids are just like joking and laughing, like nothing ever happened. And then when she finds uh, Elsie, she sees her tapping away at her phone um, and then she gives her a big hug and says, thank goodness. And Elsie's like, uh, uh, Amari, I haven't made a decision about leaving yet, yet, you know? And then, um, she, Amari looks at her and says, you don't remember anything? 
And then Elsie's like, about what, the Oxford stuff? And then um, Amari's like, no. After that, we were talking about everything and then everything froze. Well, except for me. And then Elsie lifts an eyebrow and says, everything froze. And then they get a red alert on their phones. And that's whenever Amari's like, I told you. And then they also get Elsie, uh, specifically Elsie, gets a text message on her phone from Bear. And he says, meet me at the back of the bus. Like, yo, I know they got a group chat. I know they got a soup club group chat. And yeah, he was I mean, right. um, Amari says, like, of course he only texts Elsie. Like, he has right. her number. Right. You know? Didn't even talk about that, Julia. They all got the bureau announcement. Like, Right. Um, that was still at school watching the Shakespeare. That's true. Making watching Shakespeare. True. Um, she's but... got it. She's had enough excitement. She's like, I, I'm excited yeah. enough to fight Shakespeare. <laughs> like, I don't know if I will. I see fish ghosts at the aquarium. I'm good. I'm gonna just um, <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just so like it's funny to me. I I've gotten to the point. I think this is like something that happened with age, but I do remember it being like super heartbreaking as a kid. When people go like out of their way to be petty and cool, yes, yeah, it starts to get funny because you're like, mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. Have to when be you're that an adult, hard, you're just you like, have to be that real? dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> you like, you just okay. like clock it, and you're like, oh, so yeah. you don't s with me. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. I also was having feeling vibes about you, so okay, we're good. Yeah, but also we're like, good. you you did you did a lot. You did you so much to. to try to exclude me. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that, that was a lot of extra. But as like a thirteen year old, it's like just ugh. You know, and it's essentially for Amari, and like we talked about, like she wants to be accepted. Like that, she spent her mm-hmm. whole like first book in her old in her last school being an outcast for things that she had no control over. Not like oh, Amari talks too much, or Amari is you know hyper or nerdy or whatever. Like because jaded, Justin. What are you talking about? Her homeboy, who she gets into the, oh, oh, Jaden, Jaden, um, he knows that she's a little nerd, and she and he still likes her. You know what I mean? And still like you know, so it's not, um, it's not something like personality driven. And this is like a, just another example of her being excluded for something that she can't really control. Mm-hmm. And Bear sucks. Bear just sucks. That's honest. I mean, yeah. I don't. Really, I don't care about like. It's like he's not really excluding nobody because she and Elsie both pop up over at his seat and he scowls, right. but he gives them room. So who? Where's exclusion? I'm still here. exactly. And, and you should know, happen? like at this point, right. where Elsie goes, Amari goes. Where Amari? You goes, thought Elsie my bestie's goes, gonna like, leave me behind? You yeah. thought you thought that was gonna be effective in getting my best? Like she cares about you more than she cares about me? No, thank you, sir. Ooh. Pull together. Delusion. Coco Stock and Luna. <laughs> She's moving real slow. She can't see. She's invisible. She's Drax. <laughs> and they're looking at each other. But that was very anticlimactic. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so he asked, looking... And so this is also like kind of awkward. Like, Elsie, why'd you do this? So Amari is in the middle of him and Elsie. And so he looks past Amari to Elsie to ask Elsie, have you checked out the red alert yet? Like, again, doing, you're being extra. Mm-hmm. Um, both she and Elsie shake their heads and say that we came back after we got your message. He holds out his phone and then 
he shows the red alert message that says that the Department of Magical Science confirms that a massive time freeze occurred over the most of Georgia. And uh, the Department of uh, Half-Truths and Full Cover-Ups is moving to correct affected clocks. The cause of such an unprecedented and dangerous display of magic remains unclear. They're all like confused about like what does this mean? Elsie is con- is like questioning like the magic of it all, um, and it's all making sense to Mari who who went through the time freeze and she said Elsie hit our bus, but Bear takes Amari's like trying to pull it together as like oh I don't remember being frozen and trying to make it suspicious that like Amari is unaffected by it and that like it has to be a magician trick and that she's in on it and Amari's you know pushing back saying like of course you'd think that and Elsie is actually kind of like just like oh wait a minute um a freeze grenade can stop time and one person for maybe a minute and it takes an incredible amount of magic but they take months to recharge so something like this your magic have to be off the charts and she looks at Amari um, as an example, and her words trail off. And then Bear um, enters in and says, like a magician, and he sneers. And he says it wouldn't make sense to set off the time freeze. Uh, wouldn't it make sense for someone to uh, make sure they weren't trapped in her own, their own spell for a magician to make it magician safe? And this is just, like, <laughs> it's annoying because Amari's like, I can't back up for the fact of like yeah that does make it very clear that like uh it does make sense it does actually a good like sense making thing but also like he's very clearly trying to point out like it's amari and it's like why right. would amari even do that like and it's for me what a lot of the things that's co- like for me what's going on here is that like um the only thing that like Elsie really says, and she drops her eyes when she's so she's not even like standing up behind this and saying well we shouldn't just assume and Bear is like, um, whatever, I'm missing the next update. He taps the screen a few times, and then suddenly the voice of Director Van Helsing, the worst person ever, um, <laughs> is on the screen. Tomato, tomato. Uh, he, um, we, he start hearing him saying magic unlike we've ever seen before. Reporter says, what can you tell us? There was no, this was no harmless incident accident but rather a targeted attack on our very way of life like are you being hyperbolic what are you doing our very way of life it will not be tolerated until and it will not go unanswered any idea of what or even who caused it magic this dangerous on this scale has traditionally been the work of the dark work of magicians and it's with that in mind that emergency measures shall be taken to ensure the safety of our world and after the clip ends, Bear. I like is... how nobody asks him about like, what about your your magician? Son? Children. Right. Both I... of them are outed at this point. The was dark Maria outed? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Maria was remember yeah. Dylan blamed Maria. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yep. Uh-huh. Of, like the illusion or whatever. Yeah. The dark work of magicians, like the dark work your kids did last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how you hating. I mean, I know how you hate and, and like self hate is a hell of a drug or whatever, but like, I don't know. Just relax, dude, because no mm-hmm. one's caused more, no magician has caused more damage recently than your own children, <laughs> your offspring. So mm-hmm. the call from inside down. the house, sir. Exactly. Um, 
the clip ends and this is this is the peak hateration of bear and at this point i just i am uh the diane carroll uh clip uh, at the wedding of whitley and Dwayne, where she's just like die just die like i feel that way for bear in this moment um the clip ends and bear sits back and he has a smirk that widens and he says hear that i bet they got your jail cell on blackstone already picked out sir just shut up like just be quiet nobody asked you actually and that's exactly what amari says she's like just shut up okay and she, she meanwhile homegirl's panicking he just laughs at her in her face. And then she turns to Elsie and says, can Van Helsing do, do that? And Bear, still being a top-notch bigot and hater, is like, you bet he can. And then uh, Elsie's jaw tenses. And then she says, that isn't fair. Amari's sitting right next to me. And Bear is like, are you sure about that? Because when I got up to ask Mr. Ames something, you were dozing off. Matter of fact, Look to me like Amari is watching you, waiting for you to fall asleep, looking for her chance to cast that spell, I think. No, shut and like, up. Because I... <laughs> why would she do that if then literally two seconds later, Elsie was awake and t- they were both talking to Mr. Ames? And it happened. Also, like, that. criminalizing behavior that, like, is very innocent of mm-hmm. a Black kid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I can't. I, like, I, the bigotry... It's also like it's you cannot prove or disprove a negative, right, or whatever that's right. called. Like she can't be like, I mean, she can, and she's like, well, that's because of our bet. But like, he's already made up his mind. He is. So, not- he's been waiting on her to. to yeah, and she's in time. his mind too. Like she's a magician, so it's got very like conspiracy theory, QAnon vibes to it, where like. Even if she does give him a logical explanation, there's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, yep. that's just because... They're going to move the goalposts. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, don't waste your time, Amari. But also it's like, he was studying her and Elsie hard. Like, he didn't have to go look over at their freaking seat right. as he was walking by to see his teacher. He was studying and trying to see what they were up to. Like, he's full of it. Um, Amari tries to disprove it. You know, like trying to like answer like why it was she was doing that and he's just like throwing crap at her like about her being a magician and how they do so that shouldn't be possible and he says uh he even uses the fact that she stirred up he calls a nasty thunderstorm last summer to bring down lightning on dylan um that was not just a, an illusion against her and he knows amari don't got the answer because like if she had the answer then she could just she could say well you know like oh that's like she would have like in her status as a magician like not only is she an illusionist she's also an ex or whatever and he knows that so he's using her not her leveling up as something that makes her suspicious and that's trash just all around a trash person i mean and he's been waiting on this moment he has he's been side-eyeing her the whole time he's like yeah i don't believe it whatever <laughs> So there's really nothing she can do about that. I want to know what um, his magical ability is because I bet you it's crap. I bet you his little yeah. freaking supernatural ability is trash and he's just been looking to get in at somebody who has more power than he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to make to be even more of an a-hole, he's like, yeah, that lightning that you cast, just like that thunderstorm outside, coincidence, huh? Maybe that's your secret. Who knows what kind of magic you're hiding? 
And Amari gets up, stomps down, says, I'm out of here. And then Elsie's right beside behind her. When they get back to their seat, um, Elsie says, the fact that they're calling this an attack and not an accident means that there's more to the freeze than they're telling us. And Amari is like, what do you think Director Van Helsing meant by emergency measures? But as soon as she asks that question, there's an email from her on her phone from the Bureau that says, you've been uninvited to summer camp at the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs, effective immediately from the Office of the Deputy Minister of the Supernatural World Congress. Sorry, that's just not, this can't be how this works. No. You can't just be like, oh, this happened. Well, we're going to invite you just immediately. Amari, you haven't talked to the her. One, the one who chose to, to not be a villain when offered right. the opportunity to be a villain, that's immediately the one that we got to get out of here. But you haven't questioned her. You haven't talked to her. You haven't done anything. No. Just like, whoops, can't come yeah. back. I think it's also like, you can see, I mean, we, you can see pretty quickly, like, Van Helsing being like she's gonna be the focus i'm taking the focus off of my son mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to for people to be talking about amari and not talking about the van helsings like yeah it's very much a, like overzealous you sat up here y'all just this moment just happened you just popped up at a press conference and the first thing you did after the press conference is run up to the deputy supernatural congress member and be like hey we gotta get this little girl out of here. That's the first thing you did. Your first priority was to get Amari out of here. As a freaking mm. director of a supernatural investigations department, that was your first priority. He's so full of it. So he's over, and then he that's clearly overcompensation because you know his you know all the newsreels. All the social media have been popping up this whole time talking crap about his family and his like he's like he's been wait he like bears been waiting to say crap about Amari. He's been waiting to get the weight of the pressure of his magicians and his family being the villains, not even just being magicians, being full on villains yeah. off of him and throwing it on someone else, like you were saying. Like I just I can't. Like it's just he's such an awful person. He's the sucks. worst. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into the MVP. I was trying so hard to be like one person, but I can't because it's Amari and Elsie, and it's also like Amari and Elsie as a unit. Mm. Like not Amari and also Elsie, but Amari and Elsie together as like a crime fighting duo, Men in Black style. <laughs> I did Elsie. Like shout out to her for getting into Oxford. Also and for, for and for not being caught slipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fortune mm-hmm. cookies. <laughs> I made so like so Elsie lost points with me because she did I feel like she could have backed up Amari better and she could have been checked bare and not like she didn't ha- she could have withheld fortune cookies from Bear until he decided, until he agreed to not be an a-hole to Amari. So I just kind of, <laughs> I'm irked by that. So I couldn't give it to Elsie this chapter. I mean, this read. Uh, but I think I could give it to Amari. And I wanted to honorable mention Mr. Ames because I think he really came through in a way that like a lot of teachers don't have to. And he did. So I appreciate him for that. So it's an honorable mention for Dr. Mr. Ames. Tight. Um, benched. 
I had to give it to Bear. I, I was like, yeah. since I did Amari and Elsie, I got to let Van Helsing, Miss Director Van Helsing, sit for a second, but he will have plenty of opportunity, I know, mm-hmm. um, for a fact. But Bear came out the gate hating, hating three chapters in a row. Like, are you tired? Are you not tired? Because I'm tired for you. He's That's not, his personality. He hates, he hates himself most personality. of all. Don't forget. <laughs> he is his own op. <laughs> his greatest op himself but you know that's not amari's problem so he's benched but it, i wonder if his question is like what is keeping me from joy in my life you are it's you. <laughs> yeah. it's you you're the problem <laughs> you are your own problem you're so full of hate that you can't see the joy you just sit on the hate all the time i give it to both him and van helsing because f that man and f bear i just i don't they both need to sit on multiple benches in the rain while thunderstorming, no umbrella, no protective materials, no ponchos, no raincoats, just sitting underneath a rain, like a cloud of deep rain, heavy rain. Very rare. That's how I that's how I would like them to be frozen. I like to be frozen under on a bench getting wet. On a metal bench, mind you. So just dripping, <laughs> disgusting. While wearing jeans. Because then it just soaks on in and just drags you down even more. That's where they that's where they deserve to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very well, petty, very, us, very specifically petty curse. I love it. Uh, let us know who you... Uh, your votes for MVP and Benched. Um, the form is in the show notes. So you can literally as you're wrapping up listening just go down scroll down a little bit click the link and just add your votes and if you are listening on spotify i think you could just add it in the app right now there's a question the question is who's mvp who's benched let us know thank you for listening join us next week when we discuss chapters four through six wizard team is part of the black nerds create collective if you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com and follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wither Team Pod and Black Nerds Create. Bye. Bye.